First Thessalonians chapter number one. I don't have any tricks, gimmicks, or games. All I know is this old Bible. And I want to try it out in Gulfport, Mississippi on a Sunday morning and see if it'll work for me. First Thessalonians chapter number one, beginning with verse number six. And ye, this is Paul's letter to the church at the to the church at Thessalonica. Paul's letter to the church at Thessalonica. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. Far from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God word is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Last verse, and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. And thus we have the reading of the word of the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would word my mouth, anoint me, O Lord, one more time to speak your word. I pray, dear God, uh, that you would give wisdom, that you would uh, give your spirit on this morning for the next couple of minutes. Help us to uh, make this text to live, and we'll forever give your name praise, glory, and honor. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Again, uh, this is Paul's letter to the church uh, at Thessalonica. And what I wanted to focus on was that verse number six, and I hope you keep your Bibles open for a second. Here's what Paul said. Here's what Paul said. He said, and you became followers of us and of the Lord. Now, that stood out to me. And so what I want to talk to you about this morning for a couple of minutes is I want to talk to you about the master and the pastor. Okay, I want to talk to you about the master and the pastor. Paul said, you became followers of us and the Lord. Now, this is one of Paul's first letters. Um, it is perhaps his most personable of all letters that he writes. And in this particular letter, it is a letter that is written in response to Timothy's visit to the church at Thessalonica. And as he writes this particular letter, uh, Timothy is going to come back and give a report. When Timothy comes back and give that report as to what happened and, and how the church at Thessalonica was getting along, then Paul is now going to write a letter to them. And when he writes this letter to them, he is going to commend them, one. And not only is he going to commend them, but uh, he is going to give them a, uh, how would you say it? He's going to give them some 
uh, encouragement, I should say. He's going to give them some encouragement to help them out during a difficult time and during a difficult season uh, because they are going through trouble, trials, and tribulations and traumas. And so when Paul writes this, uh, he's going to try to encourage them somewhat. Also, um, if you get on into the book, one of the things that he's going to do is he's going to encourage them by telling them that the Lord is going to soon return. They're going to take that to heart so much until he's going to have to write Second Thessalonians to let them know because they thought when he said that the Lord's going to return, they thought he was coming tomorrow. So he has to write another letter and say, yeah, he's coming, but it may not be tomorrow. Now, what I wanted to deal with was simply the first part of the particular letter. When you open up 1 Thessalonians, he's dealing with what we call a commendation. He is commending the church at Thessalonica. He's going to say, man, I'm proud of you all, and I'm happy for you. Now, obviously, um, my focus is, he says to them, you became followers of us and of the Lord. Now, the prerequisite, and we obviously we're, we're, we're thinking about the, the pastors that you have, the leadership team that you have here, uh, but when you are looking at this, for anybody to become a follower of a man or follower of a woman or follower of a pastor, you don't want to just follow anybody. One of the prerequisites for us as Christians to follow somebody is that they must be following the Lord. And so our sister was up here talking, and I was laughing because she gave it that, that, that they're doing something, that they are following the Lord, and everybody else, we're now following them. Uh, Paul said, follow me, watch this, as I follow Christ. In other words, he says, don't follow me blind because I might lead you over a ditch or lead you over a cliff. But he says, follow me as I follow Christ. And so what Paul does is he gives uh, all of the people permission not to follow him blindly. What he gives them permission to do is, and I will say this of the pastors that you have, I said in my own church that uh, every now and then when you're following me, every now and then you need to look around me. And make sure that I'm following the Lord. And if you get to a cross and I go left and you get to that point and you see Christ went to the right, then leave me to the left and you go to the right. Because the prerequisite is that I follow Christ, then somebody should follow me. Paul said, and you became, and please look at it one more time at verse 6, and you became followers of us comma, and of the Lord. Now, who is the us that he's talking about? If you were to go back to look at verse number one, you'll be able to clearly see that, that uh, when Paul is talking about the, uh, you following us, he's talking about uh, Paul and Savanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. So when Paul is saying you followed us, He's talking about himself, he's talking about Silas, and he's talking about Timothy. You followed us. You followed us and you followed the Lord. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to just mention to you, he says you became followers. Uh, that particular word in Greek is mamitis, mamitis. You became followers. Watch this. You became an imitator. 
you became an imitator of us and of the Lord, which says it one more time. It, it, it pays to follow somebody who is an imitator of the Lord. So if you imitate them, then you're imitating the Lord. Got it? You became imitators of us. You became followers of us to the point that, watch this, to the point that you became, here's another word, you became in samples. That's old King James English. You became in samples. The Greek word there is typos. He says you followed us and the Lord to the point that you've, you followed to the point that you started to imitate us uh, to the point that you didn't look like who you were following. And not only did you look like who you were following, but then you became in samples or you became a typos. You became a pattern. Please get this. You became a pattern or you became a print. So Paul is giving commendation to the church at Thessalonica. Said, man, I'm proud of y'all and I'm happy for you all that you mimicked us, you mind us, and then you yourselves became a pattern for somebody else. Now y'all, that's doggone New Testament church right there. That's how it should be be done and I thank God that that's how it's done here at this church and how it will continue to be done as you follow your leaders you will become a pattern you will become a print you will become a typos for somebody else and just like your life has been blessed somebody else's life will be blessed also can I get a witness in the house now watch this he says you became followers of us and of the Lord, when I talk about the pastor and the master this morning, the first thing I wanted to mention to you is this, that the pastor and the master is a powerful combination. <sighs> I'll say it one more time. The pastor and the master is a powerful combination. It is never just the master. Some try to have the master without the pastor. Paul said, you became followers of us and of the Lord. So it's never just the master. Can I tell you, the master, Jesus Christ, is not coming in the flesh no more and walking with you down here. Can I tell you, the master has said, the master himself has said, and I, that's your theme scripture, I think, Jeremiah 3.15, and I will give you pastors according to mine own heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. So watch this, ladies and gentlemen. It's never just the master, because the master himself said, watch it, I ain't going to just let you follow me, I'm going to give you somebody to follow. How many can hear that? How many can hear that? So watch it. Watch it. It's never just, never just, uh, uh, never, ne never just the master. The master said, the master himself said, watch how he set it up. The master himself said, the only way for you to be saved is through my word. And I'm going to put my word in a pastor's mouth. I, I need somebody to hear that. Okay, y'all the Bible church, you, you want Bible, don't you? All right, I'm ready. I'm, it's Sunday morning. I'm prepared. Romans chapter 10, verse number 13 says, For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Don't stop reading right there. Verse 14 says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Don't stop reading. And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? 
Don't stop reading. And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? So the master himself said, uh, you're not just going to follow me, but I'm going to give you somebody in the flesh for you to follow also. And so Paul said, you became followers of us and of the Lord. So it is never just uh, the master that you follow. And I may have to flip that over and say it's never just the pastor that you follow. It's never just the pastor. Uh, some try to have the pastor without having the master. And if you try to have the pastor without having the master, you're going to be in trouble when you find out that the pastor ain't nothing but dirt. Come on, talk to me. See, uh, if you try to have the pastor without the master, that's a cult. Uh, if you, you, you don't, you don't listen, listen, this would be idolatry. We never make an idol out of the pastor. No, no, no. See, listen, the pastor, you, you, you can't have the master. You can't have the, just the master and you can't have just the pastor. It's a powerful combination. It's a powerful combination. The pastor, listen, you, you just try to have a pastor and that's it. You're going to be in trouble because the pastor uh, can't save you. The pastor can't heal you. The pastor can't rock you in the midnight hour. The pastor, I'll tell you, say it one more time. The pastor ain't nothing but dirt. The pastor has limitations. So there must be a proper mixture, ladies and gentlemen, of the pastor and the master for us to arrive at God's best for our lives. You got to have both. Holler through the mask. Tell your neighbor, you got to have both. Yeah, you got to have both. You can't have one without the other. It's like salt and pepper. It's like black and white. It's like horse and carriage. It's like red beans and rice. It's like movie and popcorn. It's like July 4th and barbecue. It's like milk and cookies. You got to have both. They go together. They go together. Paul said you became followers of us and of the Lord. I was thinking about that, man. It's a powerful combination. Elisha tells Elijah back in the Old Testament in 2 Kings chapter number 2. Mark it and go back and read it sometimes. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1 through 8. Elisha tells Elijah something interesting. Um, Elijah was getting ready to be taken up, getting ready to be go, go home to be with the Lord. And Elisha was following him. Elisha, some would pronounce Elisha, Elisha was following Elijah. And you get to 2 Kings chapter number 2, it says something interesting. It came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by whirlwind that Elijah went to Elisha from, went with him from Gilgal. Now verse 2 says this, and Elijah said unto Elisha, tarry here, stay right here in Gilgal, I pray thee for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elisha, please go back and look at this. It's verse number two. Elisha said unto him, and I want you to note what he said. As the Lord liveth, comma, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. Elisha said, as the Lord liveth. That's number one. But number two, as thy soul liveth. In other words, you're my pastor. You're my mentor. You're my illustration here on earth. He says, as long as you're alive, I ain't leaving you. 
He says, as the Lord, okay, you think that's a coincidence? It's not. When he got ready to leave Gilgal, go to Bethel, that's what was said. But not only is it said from Gilgal to Bethel, but when he was in Bethel and he was getting ready to go to Jericho, he says the same thing. If you look down at verse number four, he said one more time. And he said, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. You think that's something? One more time. In verse number six, Elisha said unto him, Terry, I pray thee here, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he said, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they went to, they too went on. In other words, Elisha recognizes I not only need the Lord, but I need you too. And so as long as the Lord is living and as long as you have breath in your body, Elisha says, I'm going to stick with you. And can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, the devil would try everything he can to disconnect what God has connected together. And churches and pastors alike have to be so careful to realize that it is the enemy who would try to destroy us and pull us apart. But I hope there are some people in this room here this morning that are like Elisha that will say, as long as, number one, the Lord liveth, and as long as thy soul liveth, as long as you have breath in your body, I will not leave thee nor forsake thee. It's got to be a God thing. As long as God got me here, I'm going to stay here. Watch it. I'm going to hang with you through Gilgal. Gilgal is the place of circumcision, the place of cutting. I'm going to hang with you even in Bethel. Bethel means house of bread when I am being fed. I'm going to hang with you even at Jericho. Jericho means place of fragrance. It was the last battle before they go over into the promised land and partake of the land. Watch it. When things start to look good, I will remain with you. I'm going to hang with you even in Jordan. Jordan is the descender, the place of descending. In other words, the place of humility. It does not matter. Watch it. When God connect you together, you want to make sure you stay with your God-given connection and stay with them even when you're cut, when, the, when things are going good, when things are going bad, when you get sat down or put up. Make sure you stay with them. And so Elisha says, I am going to hang in there because it is, what, here's back what, what Paul said, it is a powerful connection. It is a powerful connection. Some of y'all still looking at me funny? Let's see if I can make you understand it. It's a powerful connection. Come here, Moses. The pastor will stretch out the rod. The master will open up the Red Sea. Come here, Abraham. The pastor will tie up the boy. The master will tie up the ram. Come here, David. The pastor will send up the praise. The master will send down the power. Come here, Ezekiel. The pastor will assemble the bones, but the master will breathe life into the bones. Come here, Daniel. The pastor will pray the prayer. The master, though, will answer the prayer. Come here, Jeremiah. The pastor will bring the matches. The master will start the fire. Come here, Paul. The pastor will write you a letter, but the master will bring you a life. Come here, Peter. The pastor will catch the fish, but the master will clean the fish. Come here, John. The pastor will take you to Patmos, but the master will take you all the way to paradise. It is a powerful combination. It's a powerful combination. 
the pastor and the master. It's a powerful combination. Not only is it a powerful combination, the pastor and the master, but the pastor and the master will bring pregnant communication. I'll say it one more time. The pastor and the master will bring pregnant communication. When the, when the Lord opened up his mouth and when the pastor is following the master and opened up his mouth, then it brings pregnant communication. You say, well, preacher, what do you mean by pregnant communication? Y'all didn't close your Bible, did you? Okay, look down at verse number seven. Watch verse number seven. So then, so that you were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. Paul is writing, he's commending them. He says, for from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God would have spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and the true God. Can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, the pastor and the master will bring pregnant communication. The people were preaching the word. The church at Thessalonica started preaching the word. Watch this. That they got from the pastor who got it from the master. And it had the same powerful effect on the people that heard it. So Paul, Timothy, Silas are preaching to the church at Thessalonica the word of God. When they preach the word of God to empowerment or church at Thessalonica, when they preach the word of God uh, to the church at Thessalonica, something happened to the believers. Something happened to them. Their lives started to change. Then when they went out and they started to preach the word of God, guess what happened? The people that they preached to, their lives started to change. Because it brings a pregnant communication. Um, if you back up to verse number 5 in, uh, in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1, it, it kind of amplifies it a little bit. He says, for our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power. He says, when the, when the gospel came, it was not just somebody giving a good speech good motivational session. No, no. It came with power. Now, that's what changes people's lives. That's why y'all are here this morning. And that's why you bring your children here. And that's why these children will grow up in church and they'll stick. Because when the word of God comes, it comes with power. Uh, that's the Greek word dunamis, which deals with force or might. In other words, it's not like Jet or Ebony or some magazine or something you read on Facebook or something. No, the word of God comes with power. It comes with force. It comes with ability. And so watch it. Because the word of God comes that way, then to the people of God, watch this, ladies and gentlemen, we must be conscious of how we receive the word of God from the pastor who receives it from the master. Because it is power in it. Power to change your life, to change your circumstances, to change your situation. And so watch it. It's not just a mere man or mere woman or, or, or just standing up here behind the sacred desk just giving a speech. No, I want to be careful how I receive the word of God because it contains power. And the power will change your life and chart your course and your destiny. 
um, reminded of what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. I'll give you a couple of scriptures real quick. He says, for this cause also we thank God without ceasing. This is what Paul said. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, you received it as though it was the word of God. Watch this. Which effectually worketh also in you that believe. He says, man, I want to thank y'all because how you received the word of God. You didn't receive it as though a man was standing up here talking or though a woman was standing up here talking. But you received it as though it was the word of God. Watch this. Which effectually worketh in you that believe. So watch it. It's not just on the pastor then. The pastors, it's not just on them. They proclaim the word of God. And you and I look beyond their human flesh. And we see it as though it is the word of God. And when we receive it like that and believe it, it effectually works in our lives. So the word starts to change stuff. It's how I receive it. And so, ladies and gentlemen, might I say to you, uh, Isaiah 50, and here's for you, pastors, Pastor Greg, Pastor Irene, uh, uh, Isaiah 15, 4 says this, The Lord God had given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He waketh it morning by morning. He wakeneth mine ear to hear as the learned. And here's what, what Isaiah says, man. The Lord gave me the tongue of the learned. That's why it's important, man, that you learn to pray for your pastors for sure. Because, because watch this. The Lord gives them the tongue of the learned. I, I, I can't tell you the number of times as a pastor, man, it's blown my mind uh, that after church I'll have somebody come up to me and say, Oh, pastor, did somebody talk to you or something? And tell you about what's going on in my life. Ooh, that was just what I needed. Ooh, thank God for that particular word. It, it, it brought healing. It brought deliverance to my life. You know why? Because uh, the Lord giveth me the tongue of the learned. That I should know how to speak a word in season. Or write now word to him that is weary. That's enough to thank God for your pastors about right there. That, that they give me a word in season. I'm weary, watch this, but my dynamics changed when I went to church. Because I got a word in season. Can I tell you, it is a pregnant communication. It's a pregnant communication. Y'all still looking at me funny. The pastor speaks the word and you get pregnant with faith in the midst of doubt. And all of a sudden you start to say, I believe I can fly. The pastor speaks the word and you get pregnant with healing in the face of sickness. The pastor speaks the word and you get pregnant with peace in the midst of confusion. The pastor speaks the word and, and watch it, you get pregnant with victory in the midst of defeat. The pastor speaks the word and you get pregnant with prosperity in the midst of poverty. The pastor speaks the word and you get pregnant with I can when you have been told that you cannot. The pastor speaks the word and you get pregnant with hope in the face of despair. The pastor speaks the word and you get pregnant with high self-esteem when you walked around with no self-esteem. Why? Because it is a pregnant communication. It's pregnant, man. It's pregnant. In other words, if you receive it, it can blossom in your life. 
Oh, some stuff can grow in my life. Some stuff can grow in your life. So Paul says, man, I'm excited because you received the word not as though it was the word of men, but you received it as though it was the word of God. And when you received it that way, something happened because the same word, Paul says, that I preached to you, you turned around and you preached it to somebody else. And watch it, the same thing that happened in you happened in them and maybe that that can that maybe that can be the pattern the process uh, for your next move and your next expansion watch it it is duplication it is miming watch it watch it ain't nothing new gonna happen the same thing that happened watch it because the first gospel that was preached to you the gospel that's preached in location number one or however y'all term it it is the gospel that is real it is the gospel that is solid it is the gospel that has the ability to change one's life so when you go to two you're going to preach the same gospel and it's going to have the same effect. And when you go to three and four and five and six and seven, everybody that come under this umbrella will preach the same gospel and it will have the same effect. So not only will there be lives changing, number one, but there will be lives changing, number two, and lives changing, number three. And watch it, it's not those two that will be preaching it in all those places, but God is going to anoint some folks in the house that's going to be raised up to be able to go out and share the gospel of Jesus Christ and you will have the same effect. The same effect. Watch it, I'm almost done. The pastor and the master involvement will result in a positive transformation. It will result in a positive transformation. I'm, I'm excited about what Paul says. Paul says, man, I'm excited about y'all because he said, I came and preached to y'all and y'all went out and preached to somebody else. And, and watch it. Paul says, if you allow me to, for, for sake of time to say it like this. Paul said, when I went to where you went, to clean up behind you or to preach it right, watch it. I didn't have to say nothing. That's, <laughs> that's what it said. He says, I didn't have to say anything because... Because when I got there to that location, when I got there to that location, I realized that y'all had been there. I know y'all had been there because when I got there, the same thing that happened to y'all when you were sitting under ministry is the same thing that happened to them when you were over ministry. He said, lives had been changed. So Paul said, watch it. Paul said, really, basically what happened is um, I worked myself out of a job. And any good pastors, that's what we want to do. We want to work ourselves out of a job. Can you follow me there? In other words, somebody else need to take my place and I need to go on to other platforms or other means or other ways or other avenues that God is leading me in. So the pastor and the master involvement will result in a positive transformation. I picked it up from verse number nine. He says, for they themselves, when he's talking about when he went to see the people in Macedonia and Achaia, Paul did, he says, for they themselves show of us. What manner of entering in we had unto you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. 
In other words, when the pastor and the master is involved in one's life, it will result in a positive transformation. I don't care what goes on, ladies and gentlemen. Bring your cousin them over here. Bring Dubo. Bring Shaquika. Bring all them over here. The ones that you say got jacked up lives like you used to have a jacked up life. Bring them over here because the true mark is that when that combination hits their life, it will result in a positive transformation. Paul said, I see now that you turned uh, from, uh, you turned from idols to serve the true and living God. And that's what happens when there's pastor and master interaction. There will be a turning. There will be a turning. Please holler through your mask at your neighbor. Tell them there's going to be a turning. There's going to be a turning, man. When the word comes, there's going to be a turning. When that proper interaction takes place, there is going to be a turning. And I don't know about you. I thank God for the turning. I thank God for the turning. There was a turn. I know some of you had testimonies. I saw on the screen and others had testimonies that before I came to empowerment, man, my life was this way. And I was doing that and I was doing the other. But I got it here under the ministry. And now all of a sudden, man, I opened up my own business. I, I didn't quit shacking and got married. I, I, I'm taking care of my children now. And all kinds of stuff have happened because, watch this, I was sitting under the pastor and the master and I had that in Involvement and it resulted in a positive transformation. There was a turning. And thank God, all over Gulfport and surrounding areas, y'all, we can be a part of a turning. There are some people that need to turn, and you can be a part of it, and I can be a part of it, because that same gospel that was imparted to me is the same thing I'm going to share. And ain't no pressure going to be on me, baby. And ain't no pressure on the pastor, no. It's the pressure is on God, and God can handle his own. God can do what he said he gonna do. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he not spoken, shall he not bring it to pass? Hath he not said it, shall he not make it good? Once God says it, his word goes out. Whatever he say will happen. And I don't know about you, I'm excited about that. That we're not just connected with some Rudy Poot God. We're not connected with some unknown God. But our connection is with Jehovah Jireh. He is the master, ladies and gentlemen. He's bigger than big. He's higher than high. He's deeper than deep. He's wider than wide. And if he says a life is going to be changed, if you stand there and preach the gospel, then all you got to do, all this church got to do, all I got to do is stand up and proclaim the word of God. I ain't got to try to make nothing happen. I ain't got to try to force anything to happen. I just want to open up my mouth and say what thus said the Lord. And when I say that, somebody is going to turn. Now watch it. If you can turn, and if you can turn, and if you can turn, everybody can turn. Ain't nobody, Miss Lottie, and everybody can make a turn, ladies and gentlemen. When the gospel goes forth, it results in a positive transformation. And I'm done right here just to tell you because the pastor and the master is a powerful combination and because the pastor and the master produce pregnant communication and because the pastor and the master result in a positive transformation, then it's real easy on my way to my seat. The pastor and the master deserves a perpetual congratulations. A perpetual congratulations. If you were to read through 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2, you're going to see Paul saying a number of times, 
for yourselves, brethren, know our entrance in unto you. Verse 5, for neither at any time use we flattering words, as you know. Verse 9, for you remember, brethren, our labor and travail for labor night and day. Verse 10, you are witnesses. Verse 11, as you know how we exhorted and comforted. Watch, what I'm telling you right there is this. You all know empowerment, y'all know. Y'all know they're going in and they're coming out. Some of you have already recanted that. It deserves a, listen, it deserves a perpetual congratulations. Because my life got changed. My family got changed. My marriage got saved. I came off of suicide watch. Come on, you understand what I'm saying? There are things that happen in all of our lives because of the master and the pastor. So it deserves a perpetual congratulations. It, it deserves that. So ain't nothing wrong, uh, church, with taking out a couple of Sundays this month to say thank you. Ain't, ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I, I think about my personal life as a... As a, as a young man of God, that's why I was excited to see these young people up here. I was excited to see that young man singing there and, and, and all these young people doing various things. Because, man, uh, listen, when that interaction takes place, it sets the chart for people's destiny. <laughs> listen, there is impact that is had. Think about my own life, man. My my pastor connected with me, and my past I, I connected with him, and he started to pour in my life, and I started to be around the church, and 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 just hanging out there, man. And he was depositing in my life, and watch it as a little kid when when people didn't take notice or take interest, I was right there. I was involved in all the activities of the church, just like these kids are here. And man, watch it. I used to play church, and 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 this, and just all I knew was church, but that stuff was getting in me. And it resulted in a positive transformation. And I thank God for that. I thank God for that. My father in the ministry, Sherry's dad. My father-in-law, Willie Hines, he was my pastor. He's dead and gone. But, but watch it. I'm doing what I'm doing today. Uh, not because of somebody else. I'm doing what I'm doing today because of him. Because he poured into my life. Not just not just, not just the, the, the master, but it was the pastor. And I'm not trying to make light of the master, not by any means. I'm just letting you know that it's okay to say thank you. It's okay to say I appreciate you. Paul said you became followers of us and of the Lord. You want to know how can you uh, show congratulations? Uh, I'll, I'll just mention this. One, come to the table. Come to the table because he said, I'll give you pastors according to my own, own heart, which will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Don't let me prepare food and you not be at the table to eat. Come to the table. Number two, pray for your pastors. Pray for them. Because if the enemy wants to stop anybody, he wants to stop carriers of life. Number three, share with your pastor. Don't muzzle the ox that treaded out the corn. I think one of the greatest things that I started to do was started to really recognize how important it was to bless my pastor. And not because I want anything or whatever, because 
I just, I just started to think I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Uh, I, I wouldn't have got that raise if, it, if I wasn't sitting in the teaching and knew how to handle myself. You understand what I'm saying? If I didn't carry myself, if I didn't have the character I had, I would have never got that promotion. Uh, so it's okay to share with those who have shared with you. The pastor and the master. Paul said, you became followers of us and of the Lord.